You are listening to Mining Stock Education, where you'll learn from the top leaders in the natural resource sector and uncover quality mining investment opportunities. Welcome back to Mining Stock Education. I am your host, Bill Powers. Thank you for tuning in. If you'd like to engage the show, feel free to reach me at bill at miningstockeducation.com. Well, this past week was one that I have not experienced as in my five years of uh, speculating in junior mining stocks. It was quite dramatic with exchange-traded funds, albeit triple leveraged, like uh, JNUG down 91 to 92%, GDXJ, I believe, down 42%. Some stocks that I follow, I believe down 60%. Quite an amazing week as the Dow sold off dramatically. Silver was absolutely crushed and some of these junior mining stocks were just crushed also. So I reached out to Larry Lepard. He's an investment manager, specifically a gold stock fund manager with Equity Management Associates. He's also an Austrian economist. You can follow him on Twitter at Lawrence Lepard. Larry, thanks for joining me. And as you look past uh, this last week, uh, how do you interpret it and what's going on here? Yeah, Bill, great questions. First of all, thank you for having me on your show. I, I really appreciate it and enjoy talking with you. So what happened here, and I, I, you know, I must confess to completely blowing it and completely missing this. I, I had no idea that this would happen. I didn't think it was possible, anywhere near being remotely possible. But so if anyone feels bad about being caught in this whole thing, they've got good company. Um, the uh, what happened here, and is that we had a very big deflationary impulse, and uh, you know what I almost kind of could call a, a global margin call or a global liquidity crunch. They're kind of one and the same. But um, when and when these happen, very similar to 2008. In fact, I think this is 2008 in you know, in a repeat of it, slightly different, you know, names and situations, not housing. But, and, you know, what happens when you get these, is, you know, all correlations go to one, and you sell, you know, that means everything's going down, and you don't sell what you want to sell, you sell, you know, what you have to sell, or what you can sell. And um, so, you know, maybe people have gains in the mining stocks, boom, you blow them out because you want to buy back the other stocks that you like more that are getting cheaper. Um, you know, and, and the stress was in every part of the system. I mean, it was in the bonds, it was in stocks, it was in high yield. It was, you know, it just went across the system. And um, it doesn't surprise me. Um, I, I, I had been anticipating a market correction and that the U.S. stock market in general was very bubblish and very overvalued as a result of Fed policy of you know low interest rates for so many years, a lot of speculation and kind of a blow off top, you know, um, acceleration through last fall and, and early January. So that that part doesn't surprise me. What what I missed was just how bad it would get, how quick it would manifest, and that it would roll over into gold um, as it did in 2008. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, the uh, you know the the quarter of 2018 fourth quarter 2018 you know you'll recall we also had a pretty good sized stock sell off that they, they managed to save but the stocks were down 20 percent in that quarter u.s stocks the s&p nearly 20 percent and then on christmas eve Mnuchin came in and said pbt is here ease blah 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 and the market took off um you know and during that period if you checked you know gold stocks did pretty well and gold did pretty well in fact as i recall they were both either up up a little bit or just only slightly down in a period when the stock market was getting crushed. And so what I thought to myself is, okay, that, there's your analog. People have figured it out. This is not the same as 2008. They understand that when the U.S. stock market is falling apart, gold and gold stocks are 
likely to go the other way as a result of anticipating future policy response. Um, let me revisit 2008 because as before we got on this call, you and I were talking, I wasn't in the sector in 2008. In fact, I entered the sector in 2008 as a result of the policies that came out of 2008. I spent 30 years as a venture capital investor, made a lot of investments in technology, was fortunate to find the internet in 1993 and, and did well with that. And I retired in 2000 to 2003. I, I unwound up portfolio that um, people were giving me money saying buy more.com. I said, no, that's not a good idea. And so I kind of retired and I was watching my own personal investments and 08 came around and I thought, well, um, this is pretty unusual to all this money printing. I know where this goes. This goes to gold uh, and gold stock, you know, stocks will protect you against the monetary debasement that they initiated in 2008. And so I moved into this area and I did it by shadowing some very good managers and learning about the companies. And actually one of those managers uh, who would prefer to remain anonymous, but I was very close friends with. And in the 2008 experience, his fund went down 70% uh, in, you know, the September, October timeframe. And, um, um, you know, he frankly said to me, you know, I may be out of business. I'm going to get massive redemptions. I you know, can't recover. I don't know what happened. Gold should protect us. Uh, and he was, he was shell-shocked very much the way we all are kind of today. And although we're not down 70%, maybe depends on the index of the company, but and um, and then he turned around to watch in the next two months. He made the entire 70 percent back. Um, just if you go look at the charts, November, December of 2008, uh, the gold stocks recovered. And I think by early 2009, he was in the green again and then off to the races, you know, with kind of a, a three extra money in, from 2009 to 2011, early 2011. Of course, then it happened again. But but the point is that, you know, the deflationary impulse of 2008 was met with an extraordinarily inflationary policy response and gold smelled it and the gold stocks smelled it. And I think gold was roughly a thousand, maybe a tad below going into 2008. I think it dipped as low as the high 600s, maybe 700 ish at the bottom in 2008. These are all just my memory. And then of course it, it came out to go all the way from, you know, that 700 all the way up to 1900, which was the peak in 2011. So um, to me, this time period resembles that the most. Um, and, what we're kind of waiting on and what we don't know is, is what and when is the policy response. Um, but I think it's going to be massive and I think it's going to come Wednesday. And the reason I think it's going to be massive is that if it isn't massive, um, the entire financial system is going to melt down into a deflationary heap. Um, you know, selling is going to be get more selling and we're going to have a 90% crash in three months. And, you know, the U S economy is going to look like a wreck. Um, I, I think, there's a chance that ultimately stocks lose that much value over the next three years. But I think that more likely, you know, there's going to be, there'll be some bounces in here and they're going to be driven by, you know, government policy response. Everybody's screaming, do something. And so I fully expect on Wednesday, the fed will cut the interest rate from, you know, a hundred steps. It already came down 50 and take it from hundred to 25 or maybe to zero. Um, they'll reinitiate, they'll announce that they've reinitiated QE. I mean, they kind of have with what they announced this week, the three 500K programs. And they said they would buy uh, coupon issuance, which is really is QE. Um, and then, you know, they'll announce a number that's a big number. You know, they've got a $4 trillion balance sheet, you know, going, growing rapidly, but a $4.3 trillion balance sheet. I mean, they'll say we're coming, you know, we're prepared to do QE up to $10 trillion or $7 trillion. I mean, um, and, and, oh, and by the way, um, we're going to um, we're going to we're going to buy the entire Treasury curve. They've already hinted at this a lot. Allow Brainerd did it, Powell did it, um, because what they know is that when they do this, um, that's saying okay, inflation's coming, and so everyone who owns bonds who's been playing this bond market rally, which has looked like easy money, and all the risk parity traders 
are going to look at the bonds and say, oh, great, sold to you, you know, and so it, it actually started last week. It's very interesting to look at the yield on the 10-year bond, you know, last week. I'll just pull up on my screen here, but, you know, it, uh, it uh, crashed going into this collapse, you know, to as low as 40 basis points. I mean, starting in early February, the 10-year was yielding 180 or 184. And at the, at the bottom of, you know, March here, three or four days ago, it went as low as 40 basis points. And now it's back up to 95. So I think the process has already started where people are saying, hang on a second, you know, this country is potentially bankrupt. I don't want to hold these bonds. And so rates are coming back up. And, you know, that, that will become Fed's next problem, which is we can't have higher rates because if we effectively have higher rates, you know, whole, whole house of cards is going to come down. So they're going to, they're going to say something along the lines, as I say, Brainerd and, and uh, Paulo hinted at this, they're going to say something along the lines that we intend to buy this yield curve. We're going to fix, you know, the, the two years is going to yield this, the two, you know, the five years is going to yield this, the 10 years is going to yield this, and the 30 years is going to yield that. And however many bonds we have to make, buy to make it happen, it's happening. And at that point in time, you know, the Fed balance sheet, you know, could it be $6 trillion, $8 trillion, $10 trillion, $15 trillion, $20 trillion? One good analyst I know thinks it could go to $40 trillion. But it's going to take a real big number. It's going to take, as Hank Paulson said in the financial crisis, you know, I want to come with a bazooka so you don't even think about trying to fight me on this. And, and this is going to take a bazooka or it's going to be like what Mario Draghi said in Europe. You know, we will do whatever it takes to stabilize these markets. And that will create a bounce in stocks, um, you know, a sell off to a, a, a normal market price in the bonds, but a lot of selling into that offer, I would imagine. Because what will happen is everyone will realize the inflationary implications of this policy, and they will um, be selling bonds and using it to buy things that can't be debased. And as you and I, as everyone listening to this knows, the two think, top things at the name of that list are silver and gold, and right below that's Bitcoin. So, um, you know, I also think, and this is, you know, um, the QE, while it, you know, it did not drive the inflation from um, 2008 to 2000, you know, 15 that we thought it would drive because it went into the banks and the banks used it to expand credit and credit got the economy going and, and people saw the stock market as being more attractive than the gold market. I think this time what will happen is there will be a need to not just give it to the banks. You know, the people are mad. Uh, socialism for the rich and the banks has been tried. Everyone's still angry about the bailouts. And you already saw Larry Kudlow float the idea last week um, on one of the shows of cutting the payroll tax, you know, both sides of the payroll tax, that's seven and a half percent each side. And, um, you know, that would be basically a, a tax cut for employers and employees They'd get the paycheck would be bigger. Right? Either, either the employer would save the seven and a half or give it to the employee, but somebody's getting that 15%. And of course I heard Pelosi push back on it. She doesn't want to pass it and let Trump look good, but you know, eventually it's going to be demanded and, that costs $1 trillion a year. Well, it turns out the deficit right now is running at $1 trillion a year. So that would take the deficit to $2 trillion a year. And if they don't do that, they'll do something else. They'll forgive student debt. I mean, Trump already waived the interest on student debt. So that's $100 billion. Um, you know, there'll be other fiscal helicopter drop-like policies that will come into play. And, you know, uh, and perhaps correctly and understandably so. I'm not trying to weigh in on what's right and what's wrong here. I mean, obviously, we should never have gotten here because we should have sound money years ago. But we're here. And um, we don't have sound money and the system is blowing up and, you know, they're, they're faced with the same choice that Von Havenstein was faced with, which is, you know, print money and pray that it works and, and holds the system again, 
together a bit longer, running the risk of inflation, or don't print money and let the whole thing collapse. And um, I, I think the average politician faced with that choice will always take the former, you know, print the money, let's try and hold it together as long as we can. Um, but, you know, I, I think we'll see days when gold's up $100 or $200 a day. And um, because, you know, people will pretty quickly realize that this country is functionally bankrupt. Um, and, you know, at an economic level, the government cannot pay its debts and cannot meet its obligations. And people can't bear a higher tax burden and the country can't bear higher interest rate burden. And so effectively, I, I call it sudden fiat death syndrome, SFDS. It's an acronym I've, I've coined. I mean, I, and, you know, what, the person who's been most on, on top of that, a lot of people on top of it. One good person who's been on top of it is a guy named Alistair McLeod, who uh, writes for Gold Money. And you can find him on Twitter. He said some excellent essays on this. And he actually thinks that it happened this year. He's been saying that for a while. I was reading him. I'm thinking to myself, well, that's awfully soon. I don't think it's going to happen that fast. Now I'm beginning to wonder, um, you know, what, what happened here, to me anyway, and, and what happened in the gold stocks this week? I mean, this was, this was breathtaking. I mean, just breathtaking how bad this is. Larry, regarding the gold stocks, like you, yeah. I'm kind of shell-shocked because I have physical precious metals is the major the base right. of my savings. And then from there, I jump right to the high-risk gold stocks. So, <laughs> you know... Me with, too. Me too. We all do. And I, all of us are sitting there thinking, boy, I wish I had a bit more in terms of precious metals, a bit less in terms of stocks, right? Right. Um, and I, I, you know, I own some JNUG and, you know, I got hurt. Um I'm ashamed to say, but I, you know, I was being aggressive. Um, you know, we'll, we'll all learn lessons in this process. So and, I get, and, uh, I guess one question I have for you, and it's a question I've been asking myself, is that since some of my positions sold off below anything I would have ever considered as a possible low, it was just like you said, breathtaking to watch how low it went and the valuations yeah. against even my worst scenarios that I could have calculated. So even though they went this low, I know that mining stocks, they'll go so much lower than you could ever imagine. Could we see a relief rally, let's say, the beginning of next week, and then they tank lower even further? And, I mean, what's your expectations for that, and how are you positioning your fund? Yeah, well, my fund was – I was I was fully long. I didn't I didn't hedge much. I, I actually – I'll brag a little bit. I, I did have a small S&P put, very small, like a couple percentage of my fund, just because I thought the stock market was really toppy. And that worked, but it didn't nearly cover the losses in the gold. Um, you know, um, it's a great question, Bill. I don't, I don't think any of us can foresee how this is going to happen and what's going to happen. I mean, we could bounce and then go back into a double bottom. We could make a new low. We could come out of here like a scalded dog. I mean, I, I think, I think all of those things are possibilities. Um, you know, these prices on these gold stocks are in no way justified unless we're literally going to have a mass global you know, extinction liquidity event where literally everything gets sold. And, you know, I'm not quite sure why, but, you know, I suppose they could all just kind of go to zero. But I, um, you know, the mistake there I think the sellers would be making is they're running into a piece of paper, the dollar. Because you sell a stock, you get cash. You know, I, I think the dollar is ultimately going to go to zero. So, um, you know, the, the volatility is, is hard as hell to handle, but, you um, you know, if, if you if you ask me, would I rather, I mean, I've got a company, I've got several companies that I know the people, I know the project, I know what they're doing. You know, even at today's 15-something gold price, you know, they're trading at two times their annual cash flow. It's a 50% cash-on-cash yield. They don't have any debt, et cetera. You know, would I rather hold that or would I rather hold a piece of paper that's issued by a government 
that's, you know, in the process of blowing up and going bankrupt. I mean, I, I think I'd rather hold the gold stock, um, but I, you know, where, where it's going to be marked at any point in time, I'm not smart enough to say, and I'm not smart enough to guess. I mean, it, it it's very hard. I mean, if they're, you know, I personally, I mean, I'll give you my gut. It's just my gut. It's my best estimate. I think we saw capitulation in the gold stocks on Friday. If you look at the GDX and the GDX chain, the volumes, I mean, they were blowing out those three X, you know, uh, J Nug and, and Nugget. They, they were just, they were, you know, over the top volumes. I mean, multiples and multiples of, you know, what they were trading on a daily basis beforehand. And so, you know, and if you look at the disconnect in a lot of the stock prices, I mean, I, I actually think, you know, if, if I were coming to this new and I just had fresh capital and I was looking at this and I said, okay, this is more oversold, you know, this is like two standard deviations oversold, you know, is it going to get more oversold and go to zero or is it going to bounce back? You know, I take the bounce back side every day of the week. I mean, I just, I think they're going to bounce back now, you know, what time frame, what path, you know, double bottom. I mean, there are a lot of, there are a lot of tricky things that nobody is, you know, really knows for sure. But, um, you know, if if the you know, and I mean, look, does does gold go to nine hundred, right? I mean, I don't I don't think that's possible. But you know, I didn't think what happened this week was possible either. So um, I think it's important that everybody respect you know kind of the risk parameters and that they play within they play within their zone in terms of what they're able to you know to lose and, and gain. I mean, I think there's I think there's significant upside. I mean, if you know if, if gold finds a bottom around here and starts to rally. You know, these stocks are going to take off like a scalded dog. I think there's a chance that, that you know, that that happens on the Fed announcement. Um, you know, how how everything reacts to the Fed announcement, I think, will be a very big clue. I mean, if, if, if gold, you know, if the market doesn't rally and gold doesn't take off on the Fed announcement, you'll know they didn't do enough, that the market doesn't believe them and deflation is still ruling. And as long as deflation is ruling, you know, it's you sell whatever, you know, people just they sell. And it's just Could you last, be tr- you know, if that scenario occurs, will you be trimming your gold stock positions later this week? I don't think so. No, I mean, I, I you know, I'm a gold stock fund. I'm, I'm built to hold these things. I mean, I'm not going to sell trying to get a lower price. You know, if they go lower, you know, I'm not leveraged. So I, you know, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna sit there, you know, knowing that that you know, I mean, there's some possibility that you know we just have a complete deflationary collapse in the entire world and you know i think we're gonna have other problems to deal with if that occurs um i i think you know i think the more likely event is that you know the fed is going to the fed and others are going to move heaven and earth to create you know enough money and get this thing under control and get get it stable and i think then once people you know look through the wreckage and say to themselves okay you know they took these policy actions what does that mean um, and, you know, and, and they're going to be, you know, there'll probably be a couple layers of policy actions. I mean, if you'll recall in 2008, they brought TARP up and they, they went to the Congress and said, okay, we, we want to bail out these banks, $700 you know, billion. Um, you know, you guys need to approve it. And Congress knew people, you know, people, people were calling in. It was like 95% opposed in the country, right? And, and so Congress didn't approve it the first time they brought it up. The next day, the stock market tanked again. I mean, significantly. I can't remember the number. It was big. And so they took it back to Congress and Congress said, yeah, done, you know? So, um, you know, fear, the fear of the whole thing, you know, falling down in a deflationary collapse, I think that's going to drive policy, you know, and, 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 and psychology can change on a dime, right? I mean, you know, once, once every, once it gets to to the extreme of, Oh, you know, right now we're at the extreme of, we're all going to die. 
you know, in the gold stocks and a lot of things. And once it, I mean, the, the regular stocks, by the way, haven't gotten there yet. I think, and this is true of so many things in this whole market. The gold seems to experience every everything earlier than everybody else. So, you know, I'll look for gold to recover sooner. You know, and by the way, I mean the metal. You know, stock market's down. It was down 27 at one percent. Now it's down 20. I don't know. Look at the metal year to date. I mean, I don't think it's down anything close to 20 percent. What are we? 15. Um, if you call 1700 at the top, and it really wasn't. Um, yeah, I mean, we're, you know, I calculated we're kind of down 10 percentage plus or minus when the market's down 20, and at one point it was down 27. So, so the metal is doing what it's supposed to do. It's holding up well against stocks, and. Um, you know, I, I can't really give any firm guidance because I don't, you know, I, I've proven with this particular plunge here that I, I didn't know what's going on. But what I do know is it's a very, very serious problem, um, deflation. And Larry, would you say, though, that if someone was looking to initiate a gold stock position this week, that some of the safest bets would be like your sandstorm that just sold off like breathtakingly dramatically with that royalty company, the ounces that they, they're going to be paid for in the coming years, um, cash in the bank, all these things. I mean, would you, if you were talking to somebody at the coffee shop, uh, you know, this sure. weekend, go with yeah. something like that? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think you start, I mean, I think you said it earlier. I mean, I actually think, you know, you start with the metal, right? I mean, it, what we're potentially talking about here is a currency extinction event. And so, you know, where dollars don't buy anything. So I think the first thing, I mean, I, you know, friends at my gym, I mean, I, I talk to them and I tell them, you know, start off by the coins. I mean, have, have some metal, you know, okay. Cause that, that, that'll do really great too. You know, you, you don't have to be in stock and add the risk of an operating company on top of the metal and that'll do fine. But then, you know, yeah. Okay. You want to go to stocks? Yeah. You start, you start with the streamers because the business model is safer in general, not always, but in general, it's much safer. And you know, the, you may cut off some, you're paying more for them, so you may cut off some of the upside, but, you know, you, they, they perform better on the downside than the other companies in this particular cycle. Um, and, you know, of course, we all know the big ones there, you know, Franco, Wheaton, and Sandstorm. I own Sandstorm. I love Wheaton. Probably Wheaton would be my go-to. Uh, it's beaten up pretty bad. Sandstorm is, too. Um, then I think you go to the majors, you know, which don't have any production growth, but have the benefit of, of a lot of size, a lot of capital, um, a lot of diversification, and uh, and they've gotten beaten up, and you know we all know the names there. You know, Barrick is probably my favorite. Um, I like e I like El Dorado. I like Kinross. Um, you know, and then and then you start going down even further down market, and you know, in my fund I've got, you know, I've got really beautiful companies. I mean, I was looking at Asanko this morning. I mean, Asanko is, I don't know, it was trading at, uh, it looks like it's trading at like four times four times run rate cash flow. You know, um, it's, it's just on sale. Um, you know, I've got other companies trading at two times run rate cash flow. Um, you know, one of my big favorites is Taranga. I mean, let's see how far Taranga's down. It's probably one of my largest holdings. It, that one but probably the, sold off also because of Africa. Yeah, possibly. Although I think, you know, I spoke to the president this week and they're spending $12 million on uh, security in Africa. He's got a guy, a special forces guy heading the security outfit and, you know, the semaphore thing really woke him up. And, um, you know, this, this thing is silly cheap. I mean, it's at four, 480. It was at 850. You know, I, I agree so with you. I met with them at, B, at a PDAC. It's a great company. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really great company. I mean, they've got growth. They've got good margins. They've got, you know, they've got a two to four gram pit that they're going to be bringing into their production. I mean, it's just it's a great situation. And yet, like all these others, it's been beat up. So, you know, um, 
but again, you know, it's a risky area, right? I, I don't want to advise anybody to do anything because it could go lower. You know, it's everybody's got to decide. You know, um, I mean, I look for asymmetric bets. I mean, these look like pretty asymmetric bets to me right now. But, you know, that doesn't mean they couldn't go against you before they go for you. So, you know, I think people who are in these things or want to be in this area, you know, need to have their eyes open about all the risks that they're taking when they're here. And, you know, if you're playing with 1% of your capital and you can afford to lose it, and, you know, your downside is 1%, your upside is probably a four-bagger, you know, pretty easily. I would imagine if, if what I think is going to happen, the gold happens. I mean, I think it's a four-bagger without gold going to 10000 and I think it will. But, I, I you know. I think if they get everything under control, you know, gold might just go to 1900 or 2000 or 2100. And a lot of these companies will be three or four baggers on that kind of a move. Um, you know, the metal, the stocks were, you know, what's, what's ironic about how bad the stocks got beat up is they weren't expensive going into all this. I mean, they were still leftover cheap. I mean, the in bear that, market. In, in that regard, it's different than 20, uh, 2008 because that yeah, was a high. Very, yeah, it's very different. In fact, Dan Oliver on an interview that's on my Twitter feed does a great job of pointing that out. I mean, 2008, you had a lot of fast money. You, you just had a, you know, a five bagger, you know, the gold was high, the stocks were high. I mean, we're still, we're still just coming off the bottom. Um, if, if this is a bull market in gold, and I think that's one of the things you got to decide. You've got to decide, do I believe that gold is the solution to the monetary problems that we have? I believe that very firmly. And obviously I've made my bets accordingly. Um, but some people don't believe that. And if you don't believe that, you think that the Fed will be able to keep pulling rabbits out of their hat and you know as they have in the past and you know perhaps this is a tougher trade but you know i think i think they have no i don't think they have much left i actually even i tweeted it this morning i actually think they need gold to go up i mean if, if what we're talking about here is really deflation and that's what it is i mean they just you know lopped eight trillion dollars i think off the stock market you know that's a lot of wealth destroyed in two weeks and it's been very quick right um you know they they need that's very deflationary so they need to get, you know, they need to stop that or else, you know, they're going to have a, a halting wreck of an economy. And uh, so so they're going to try very hard to stop that. And I think you might even actually be in a situation where a lot of the people who in general wanted to keep gold under control because it, it hurts their fiat, you know, game, uh, look at this thing and say, you know, no, I, you know, gold going up would be fine. We need gold to go up because we need to get some inflation signaling going on here so that the whole damn thing doesn't collapse, right? So, so we'll see. I mean, it's it's uh, it's obviously a very difficult and very tricky time, and it's not what any of us expected. Um, you know, and the bad news is we've gotten really tagged here. The good news is I think we have at least I believe we those of us in the gold community are looking at it, have an understanding of the monetary economics behind it and what's going on. And I actually think that this what this tells us is the information and what happened here is that. This is very real, and it's happening a lot faster than we thought. And, you know, I, I used to, before this happened, I thought to myself, well, you know, we'll be lucky if gold hits 1,900 this year and maybe 2,500 next year. You know, it's going to just kind of keep marching up as they base and so forth. I'm now of the opinion that, that you know, it, it might hit 2,000 like soon, 3,000 like soon thereafter, and 5,000 like next, you know, soon. I mean, it, you know, because um, – you know, the, the, I mean, the reason to hold gold is you don't have confidence in the system. And look at how the system just broke. And then look at what the response of the people who run the system is going to be, which is not going to be very awe-inspiring and, and confidence-inspiring, which is going to say just, you know, print the damn money as much as we need forever and ever. And this is the Van, 
maximizes crack uh, up boom, you know, where once it becomes clear to everybody that the policy of the government is to print as much money as it takes with no limit, then, then Gresham's law kicks in and you say to yourself, all right, I can hold these dollars that are going to buy less and less every day, or I can buy something that I know cannot be produced at will and will hold its purchasing power through a cycle. And in every other credit collapse in history, gold has held its purchasing power through a cycle. And I fully expect that it will do so in this one. So, you know, I think we're going to be, you know, I think we're going to be fine, but it, it, it obviously has been a rough start um, to this next leg of, of what I think will be a, a good gold bull market for, for some years here now. Larry, as we conclude, uh, last week was a, I had, a, it was more challenging for me to control my emotions as I watched my investments tumble. So what advice would you give to me and the listeners as we wrap it up regarding how to navigate these markets emotionally? You know, about 10 years ago, I was very out of shape and I'm 62 now. And I started just heavily exercising um, when, the, when the, the gold bear market from 2011 to 2015 really, really did a number on me. It was extremely tough. I had no belief or understanding of how they could reflate a bigger bubble than the last one and what that implied for gold, which was obviously gold wasn't attractive in light of something else being more attractive. And so what I turned to was uh, was CrossFit and exercise and kind of became freakish and, and almost uh, obsessive about it because, uh, one, it keeps you young, and two, it reduces stress. So, um, you know, my I guess my piece of advice for everybody who's feeling stress in this area would be, you know, um, go go get a sweat on. Go spend an hour and make sure you, you know, just exhaust yourself um, because you'll feel better after it and you'll feel more, you know, after a good night's rest, you'll feel more prepared to, uh, walk into battle the next day. And that, that really is kind of what it's been. It's been a battle here. So Excellent. You've been listening to Lawrence Lapard, investment va- manager. Follow him on Twitter at Lawrence at Lawrence Lapard. Larry, thanks for coming on the show today and sharing your insights. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you, Bill. It was really an honor to be with you. And I enjoy all that you do with your show. I hope to talk to you more in the future. Thank you for listening to Mining Stock Education. Please subscribe and share this show with like-minded investors. Connect with us at miningstockeducation.com and sign up for our email list to stay in touch. Much success to you as you learn about, invest in, and profit from mining stocks. The mining business is one that generates gigantic wealth. You know, a good drill hole that converts might cost fifty or $100,000, and it might discover something worth a couple billion. There is no sector that I know of that has offered up as many predictable circumstances uh, where there was the possibility, certainly not the certainty, but the possibility of 10 for 1 returns as there is in small cap and micro cap mining stocks concomitant with that if you don't do the work or even if you do do the work and don't discipline yourself on the sell side there are very few places in the world where you can lose as much money as quickly as in mining stocks too i just started to study up on mining stocks and i just became fascinated because this is such a tiny sector and it's so volatile that either you could really you could do really really well or you could pretty much get blown out of the water really quickly The mining sector is a very risky sector. It can take your money very, very quickly. Don't fall in love with stocks. Don't be overly confident. And just do your work as best you can. Do your very best. But don't fall in love and don't get too overly confident because um, that's a recipe for disaster. 
I have met you know, professional retail investors that have made a tremendous amount of money on the junior mining space. Some of them aren't accredited and they just they spend their days researching, talking to people, being on the phone, being pouring through financial documents, but it requires commitment. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be considered personal legal or investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell securities or any other product. We make every effort to be accurate, but the information presented is not to be considered infallible. It may contain errors and we offer no inferred or explicit warranty. If personal advice is needed, consult a qualified legal, tax, or investment professional. Do not base any investment decision on the information contained on MiningStockEducation.com, our podcasts, or videos. Make sure you always conduct your own thorough due diligence before investing. Realize that we may hold equity positions in or be compensated by some of the companies we feature and therefore are biased and hold an obvious conflict of interest. For our full disclaimer, please visit our website.